Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Whatever Wando. I am your host, Wando, and this week we are going to do an NFL Draft recap. Who do I think are the winners? Who do I think are the losers? What do I think the Bears did? We'll break it down and have some fun. Let's get to it. So welcome, everybody, to another episode of Whatever Wando, and this week is our draft recap episode. Uh, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, I'm not going pick by pick, round by round, like, we're not doing that. If you want a full analysis like that, go find Mel Kuyper. He's great at this, that's why he does it. I'm going to give you kind of my observer perspective, who I thought was a winner, who I thought were the losers, and then talk about some teams I care about and some interesting moves. Um, and I really love the NFL draft. One, because I think there's only two drafts like in the United States that I think are done really well and are really interesting. I think it's the NBA and the NFL. I think because both of them have enough, like, you know, there's enough meat on the bone to get you excited. Uh, but for both of them, there's kind of like, all right, if you're not really a deep fan, you can turn off now. Like for the NBA, if you're not a big NBA fan, it's like, hey, like, especially if it's a really good year, watch the lottery, like, watch the lottery picks. Once those are over, you know, you can bail. Like, you may not miss something. You know, of course, obviously, there are diamonds in the rough who fall, but, like, you always think lottery picks. So for the the NBA, it's like, hey, after that, you can bail. With the NFL, it's like, now that how they do it, watch night one. Those are going to be names you're going to see playing right away. If you don't want to be invested after that, you're good. But also with both, you have the opportunity. It's like, all right, if you're a big stat guy, you know, if you're a big fantasy football player, all these types of things. If you just love college football and want to see where these guys are getting played, you know, and same with college basketball, hey, watch the second round. Stick for the end of the first round if you're talking about the NBA. And for NFL, it's like, all right, watch day two, watch day three. Don't get me wrong. I do kind of wish they would just, like, have a whole day, like, you know – I always remember just like being able to, there was, you know, the first couple, there's a day one, day two. I liked it better that way, but I get it. The NFL is trying to make all their money. So whatever, can't really hate on them. Uh, Before I get into the draft grades, uh, let's do a little update about my bracket uh, so far as I have it assembled uh, for the NBA playoffs. So far, all the matchups that I thought were going to happen are happening. Uh, That Memphis and Warrior series is hellacious. Like, I'm still waiting to see, you know, obviously a brutal loss, literally and figuratively, for the Warriors losing Gary Payton Jr. Um, that's really bad. And then Dylan Brooks's foul on him was pretty bad. Obviously, I don't think he meant to do that, but, like, it meant him to get hurt, I mean. But that was a flagrant, too. He got kicked out. He deserved it. Now the question is, does he get suspended? I think he's got to at least get a game. And in the playoffs, that's going to be a big hit. Um, so we'll see how they recover. And it's just been like a weird mixture of energy, you know. Game one, 
Draymond gets ejected. Um, you know, you could argue it was based on a reputation. I don't think the foul was that bad, but, like, it is Draymond. I don't think he gets a lot of benefit from the refs. And then the Warriors came out, and they they won. You know, Clay hit a clutch three, one game one. Game two, Dylan Brooks gets ejected, like, three minutes into the game, and John Morant drops 47 and has, you know, once again, if you haven't already noticed him, John Morant has another... I have arrived moment. He's arrived. He's been there. He parked his car. He's there. But for anyone who's still just turning in, John Morant's here. John Morant's that dude. Um, So that series is going to be fun as hell. I have no idea, like, legitimately where it's going. I think the Warriors will win because I think they have too much firepower. And and the Warriors, once again, uh, the Warriors right now have home court advantage, you know. They took one in Memphis. That's all they had to do. Um, So we'll see how that goes. I think... Game three, I think the Warriors are going to come out firing. Uh, I have to assume Dylan Brooks is going to get suspended for a game. So I think game three is going to go the way of the Warriors. And then we just got to see what happens with game four. Uh, But that's a really fun series. The Heat, um, you know, I didn't really mention it uh, before that series happened with the Heat and the 76ers because it broke the story, uh, I think it was a day or two later, is the 76ers lost Joel Embiid to a fractured orbital orbital bone, which is just devastating because the fact is when he broke that orbital bone, they were up by like 30 points against the Raptors. The game was over. For some reason, he was still in. As a Bulls fan who watched Derrick Rose get hurt in a game in which it was clearly out of reach, I feel your pain, Philly. Um, so Philly's currently down 2 nothing. Uh, I thought it would have been that way even if Joel Embiid didn't get hurt. Uh, but without him, yeah, it's impossible. You know, it's not like James Harden has a history of being clutch. And so this doesn't really help when he's going to do it all by himself. I will give props to um, the 76ers for keeping it closer than I thought they'd be able to in these games, keeping it close. But. The Heat are too much of a wagon for them to control. Uh, right now, as I'm recording this episode, it's uh, halftime. Uh, the Mavericks are up by two over the Suns. Uh, I, I really still think the Suns are going to pull this one out. I think the Mavericks just need one more guy to go with Luka. If they can keep Brunson and this free agency sign another guy, I think they're in a chance for a big run. But right now, as they're constructed, I don't think they have enough to get past the Suns. And lastly, probably, you know, one of the other really, like, exciting series, Milwaukee and Boston, um, has been great. 1-1, you know, first game out, you know, Milwaukee showed out. They played great. They forced the Celtics to shoot a bunch of threes, and they couldn't make them. Game two, all those threes, like, a good chunk of them went in. So it's kind of like you're going to live by it, die by it. So we'll see how Milwaukee adjusts. Um, we'll see when Chris Middleton might come back and it'll be interesting to see how the series goes, you know, cause Jalen Brown definitely stepped up in the second game. Like they need him to. So we'll see if he can keep on doing that. I am worried if I'm a Celtics fan, um, and maybe I'm looking into things too much. I am worried a little bit about, um, Marcus Smart. Cause I, I feel like every two minutes I see him like dragging a body part with him. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, But let's get into 
our draft grades and start with our three winners. So in my draft recap slash grading, whatever, uh, I'm not going to go pick by pick. I'm not going to tell you who the best fifth round pick was. I'm not going to tell you why the linebacker out of Middle Tennessee State might surprise you. One, because I don't watch enough college football to tell you that stuff. There are people out there who will give you that type of in-depth analysis. I'm here to give you my Monday morning quarterback version of that. Uh, I'm also not going to go pick by pick in the first round because, I don't know, just like this year's first round really didn't intrigue me. It wasn't something that really blew me away. Um, So, I don't know. I don't know if it's because, like, the quarterback class was so weak. I don't know if it's because of some of the weapons, like wide receivers, who I'm excited to see play. Some of them are recovering from injury, and we may not see them this year. I just don't know. Just something where it didn't scratch, you know, the itch I was looking for. So, you know, I could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe this is an all-time draft. But for me, the first round, like, it didn't, like, grab my attention. Um... But yeah, let's get to, you know, our winners and losers. And my very first winner is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, First of all, the Baltimore Ravens are just a team that like when they draft, I just nod my head and I'm like, yep, good pick. I don't know if it's a good pick, but I I trust the Baltimore Ravens. I trust their process. Um, I wish the Bears drafted like the Ravens did because the Ravens are definitely a team that they find the peg that fits in the right hole. There are certain teams that are like, all right, I'm going to make this square fit in this circle. No. Uh, When you have a team like the Ravens, they will not reach for a pick. They see who they need. They see the fit. If the person who fits their scheme or something is not there, they just take the next man up and they make it work. Um, More teams need to draft like that, and you can see why the Baltimore Ravens draft so many great players. And for them, before we move on to, like, the other big part of what they did – they drafted first round safety Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. It's going to be a great safety. He's going to fill in, you know, the historically great secondary that you have with Baltimore. They need to rebuild it a little bit um, because the front end of that defense is pretty solid. Just they need to work on the back end. He's going to be a big help for that. The other big move, and obviously I'm biased, is that the 25th overall pick, they get Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa. First of all, I saw a lot of Tyler Lindenbaum play. He was the best player on our team. Uh, To let you know how good he was, there were multiple times because Iowa's offense is awful. It'd be like third and three or third and two, and Iowa would just run a QB sneak right behind Tyler Lindenbaum because they knew he was going to blow his guy off the line. That's how good he was. And the the defense knew it was coming because they knew our offense was anemic. That's how good he is. He is a guy who you're going to plug in and play right away. He's going to make a ton of Pro Bowls. Uh, The big knock on him is arms were a little bit short and that he's only like a one-position guy. Sometimes you want that versatility in a guy you draft. You know, can he play either of the tackles? Can we flip him into guard for a year? It's clear Tyler Linnenbaum is just a center, but he's a damn good center. So Baltimore Ravens, it's going to be great for you. He's a great run blocker. It's going to be great for you, especially in the type of offense you run with Lamar. You run the ball a ton, so that's going to be really exciting. Um, they did draft uh, another offensive lineman uh, in Daniel uh, Falele. I might have pronounced that wrong from Minnesota. I think he could make a really big day, uh, uh, real big difference. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, but I think they made some great picks. 
the knock on their draft is that the only really good wide receiver that Lamar Jackson has, the Baltimore Ravens traded that traded him away to the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think Hollywood Brown is an, is amazing, but there's got to be someone for Lamar to throw the ball to. And right now it's just Mark Andrews. So we'll see how that works out. But the prop, the you know, the, where you got to give props to the Baltimore Ravens is they somehow turned Hollywood Brown and draft, and they got a first round pick out of it. I don't know how the hell they did that. He Hollywood Brown is not worth a first round pick. Second round at most, I probably wouldn't give up more than a third round for him. Uh, I don't know if Arizona, you know, once again, I'm recording this episode on May fourth. I don't know maybe if Arizona knew that uh, DeAndre Hopkins was going to get busted for steroids or PEDs. Maybe they saw that coming. They're like, we need another wide receiver. I don't know. Um, you know, Arizona had to replace the production of losing Christian Kirk, but giving up a first-round pick for it, for Hollywood Brown, I thought was a weird move. It kind of made a little bit more sense when you see that uh, Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray played together at Oklahoma, so it might be a little bit of the Cardinals trying to make uh, Kyler happy. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if it works out. But I had to give more props to the Baltimore Ravens for somehow trading Hollywood Brown and getting a first-round pick out of it. They need to get some wide receivers to help Lamar. It's understandably that he's pissed. Um, so we'll see how that works out for him because I, I, he needs more help than just uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, the next big winner of the draft... Uh, was the New York Jets, a sentence I never thought I'd say out loud. Uh, the New York Jets had an amazing draft. And I think a lot of people expected this because of the fact of just how many first-round picks they had. They had three first-round picks because of, you know, different wheelings and dealings, you know, Jamal Adams trades and stuff like that. So they were prepared and ready to go. And all three of them were great picks. So first they take Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. He's a great corner, uh, big guy, locked down. I think he's going to be fantastic for them. Uh, it's going to be a tough division. He's going to be put into the fire right away. You know, um, you know, you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill down in Miami now. You have all the weapons that Buffalo has. Honestly, I feel like the only break you get is against New England because honestly, their wide receivers like. I don't know who New England's best wide receiver is. It might be Nelson Aguilar. I have no idea. Uh, but he's going to get tested really quickly, so we'll see how good he is, but I think he is going to be very good. Ohio. Then they take at number 10, Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, somehow I felt like he just like wasn't talked about enough. I felt like Olave got talked more than him. Um, then you had... I think he's a sophomore now. I'm blanking on his name, but the Ohio State wide receiver who in the bowl game put up an insane stat line of 300 yards and multiple touchdowns, and he was kind of just, like, forgotten at times. And not because he wasn't balling out, but it just felt like Olavio is the name you'd hear more. Garrett Wilson is a stud. I think if you really want to see, hey, you just got that quarterback last year, you know, do you want to see how good he is? Give him a number one option, and uh, we'll see what you can do. So last year, I think the best wide receiver for the Jets um, was um, Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios had a solid year um, for them. 
I think he's going to be a good number two. Um, Zach Wilson obviously has a good rapport with him. Let's see how good of a rapport Zach Wilson can have um, with Garrett Wilson. Because Garrett Wilson, I think, is instantly going to be the best wide receiver that Zach Wilson's ever played with. So we'll see how that works out. I think if the Jets could just add a tight end, like a very like a decent tight end, that offense could make big strides. Obviously, they need to improve their offensive line too, but I think there's a lot to be excited for there. And then the like a steal there with the 26 pick from Florida State, they get Jermaine Johnson the second. Don't I don't know how he was still there. Um there was another Florida State. We'll talk about him later. I don't know how he was still available. Uh, so that's another great pick for the Jets. Then they take Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Some people saw him as a first-round pick. Uh, he's definitely the best running back in this draft. Um, and that's really good for the Jets because their running game uh, was anemic last year. So they need a running back. So the Jets, another big winner. I think they were they had a great draft, and I don't think anyone can argue about it. And then the ultimate winner of this year's draft, and I think online everyone agreed, the Philadelphia Eagles. So first of all, where you had the Arizona Cardinals who traded a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown, the Philadelphia Eagles traded a first-round pick and got A.J. Brown and then instantly signed him to an extension. A.J. Brown is worth a first-round pick. He's a big wide receiver. He has shown consistent production, two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. You know, people wondered, um, you know, last year, he's like, all right, you're going to be the main guy. What's your production going to look like? And people, like, people were ready once, you know, the Titans got Julio Jones. Like, oh, you know, he doesn't have to do it one-on-one. No, he did, because Julio Jones couldn't stay healthy, and when he could, he couldn't cut shit. So, as the main guy, A.J. Brown killed it. So that is a huge pickup for Hertz and all those guys, and you can add it to already a pretty decent staple of wide receivers. Um, you know, I think Jalen Rager will be a decent number three. So, and then you have Devontae Adams, who's going to be a great two. I think you have a really good set of wide receivers there. So now Jalen Hurts has a chance um, to really show, you know, what he can do. For Jalen Hurts, though, this is like a big year. Because if you can't do it with this wide receivers and this really good run game, there's really no hope for you. So I'm wishing the best of luck for him. But you had that part of the draft. You also had the 13th pick. They take Jordan Davis, who is a freak. Defensive tackle out of Georgia. If you go watch his game tape, he is catching wide receivers and running backs in the backfield. Like, not like, oh, it's not like a Jadavian Clowney play where they blew up the offensive line. It's like, no, they're trying to stretch it out and he's running up to them. His 40 time was insane. Watching him at the combine was just like, I don't know how a person like this exists. This is like one of those situations where I'd love to take someone who is from now and bring them back to the past. Like, let's go back to like 1930s football. And I put Jordan Davis there and like he would be playing quarterback defense, like be the kicker. It'd be amazing to watch him play. Um, then they get Cam Jurgens from Nebraska, who I think is going to be a really good player. And then Nicobe Dean from Georgia, who, if he is healthy and he is right, could be one of the best players in this draft. And they get him all the way in the third round. 
if you are the Eagles, you are Howie Roseman, this is you threw the biggest party in the world after this draft. Because you hit a home run, your division, I think, is up for grabs. So I think you just have to be excited if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, I think it's just a big spotlight on Jalen Hurts. Like, all right, bud, we gave you, you know, we have a pretty solid defense. You got some weapons here on offense. Let's see what you can do. And we're going to find out because we know that the Eagles could run the ball. They were one of the better running teams last year. It's just when they stack the box and they're like, all right, you beat us, Jalen. Beat us with your arm. We got to see if Jalen can do it consistently. We're going to find that out this year. But that doesn't take away So uh, from what they did in this draft. So my three big winners are the Ravens, the Jets, and the Eagles. But now let's move on to the Lahoosers of the NFL draft. So let's talk about my first loser, and that's the New England Patriots, which is honestly shocking to me. Because, you know, just like how I said with the Baltimore Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens have like a history of drafting well. So I just nod my head and like, yep, whoever you pick, I believe you. I have a similar feeling with the New England Patriots, and maybe wrongfully so. Maybe if I go look at the history of the Patriots drafting, it's not as great as I think of it in my head. But it's kind of like with Bill Belichick, I'm like, I trust you. You've won enough Super Bowls. You've been to so many Super Bowls. Do your thing. And usually I'm just like, I'm sure like he sees something that we don't. This year, I feel like, is the first year that everyone's like, I don't know about that. So their first-round pick was a guard named Cole Strange from University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, where everyone was like, this guy could have been there in the third round, maybe the fourth round. And there's a couple things here. Maybe the Patriots see something that we don't. There's part of me that's like, hey, I don't think Bill Belichick lost a step. I literally could see Bill Belichick trolling everyone so much, just like, I'm going to pick the worst pick I can in the first round and see if people still support me. Like, who knows? Like, trying to see if writers would have been cool with it. I don't know his idea, um, but I don't feel like guard was the move. I don't, like, their offensive line wasn't terrible last year. They need some more weapons to go around Mac Jones, so another wide receiver in the first round might have been a good idea, or help in their secondary because the last time we saw the Patriots play, they were getting burned up and down the field by the Buffalo Bills. Um, and they did address, they did take a cornerback out of Houston and Arizona State. But guard in the first round, second round wide receiver out of Baylor, uh, Tyquan Thornton, who's going to be a good wide receiver on the team, you would hope. Because right now I think the best wide receiver on the Patriots is Nelson Aguilar. So I don't know, but it just... It's a very uneven, not great-looking draft. Then also, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. I don't know why Bill Belichick's drafting him. You already have your quarterback, Mac Jones. But, hey, I've never won a Super Bowl, so maybe I'm wrong. So that's my first loser. My next loser is the New Orleans Saints. First of all, they're in cap hell. Like, they have, like, no money to spend, so they can't really, like, go in a free agency. And they're kind of pulling the Rams method where they just kind of keep on trading picks down the line. But the problem is, unlike the Rams, who are really good and why it's going to suck for them in a couple of years, they might look back with they're going to have at least one Super Bowl and they might have more. Uh, the Saints aren't really set up for any of that. And they traded a pick in a future year to trade up and get Chris Olave. Fantastic wide receiver. 
like, but they still kind of need a quarterback. I like Jameis Winston. Um, not really as a person. I think he's just like super weird and interesting. Uh, so I think he looked good last year until he blew out his ACL. So we'll see how he comes back. But it's kind of like, I feel like this pick could have been used for a ton of other things. Kind of save that draft capital, understand this year is going to be a struggle. Because, yeah, the defense is pretty good, but there's a lot of holes to make up on that offense. And who knows what this offense is going to look like without Sean Payton. So the New Orleans Saints draft, uh, they took Chris Olave, great pick. Tackle Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, another really good pick. Um, but I just really didn't get the move of really going for a wide receiver here. Because you're definitely a few wa- wa- like years away, in my opinion, from contending again. But once again, I could be wrong. I'm not a GM for a reason. Well, many different reasons. All right. So those are my first two losers. I have one more. And that's the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are losers because, first of all, they're rebuilding. We all know they're rebuilding. You know, they trade away Russell Wilson. I think eventually they're going to have to trade DK Metcalf because he's not happy. Um, We'll see how all that works out. But all their picks, like, they're not like long-term moves, at least in my opinion. So first you get from Mississippi State, the offensive tackle, Charles Cross, He's going to be a great offensive tackle. You know, once again, that's like a solid pick. But then the rest of these, uh, you know, Minnesota's edge rusher, Boye Mafe, I don't know how good he's going to be. Uh, you have the very next pick, they take a running back where they already have a very crowded running back room. Not sure what you're going to do with that. They take another tackle, a few corners, um, and then three, uh, two wide receivers in a row at the end of the draft. And it was just like, all right, why not take a flyer on a quarterback? You know, why not draft Malik, see what he can do? Uh, Why not take the quarterback out of Cincinnati? Um, It just really didn't make any sense. And I was kind of sitting there, I'm like, why not take a quarterback? Do you really believe in Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Like, Drew Locke's career highlight is him sitting on the bench in Denver uh, rapping a Young Jeezy song. Don't get me wrong. It's an awesome moment, but you can't go into that like hoping to inspire that fan base with that. So I don't know. I felt like they should have taken one of those quarterbacks that fell, you know, Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis. Um, They didn't, and that kind of left me wanting more from them. So I don't know. I just can't call them anything but losers. Uh, But before we put a bow on this draft... Let's talk about my Bears, and then we talk about my hated Green Bay Packers. So let's talk about the Bears and the Packers. You know, a, you know, I'd love to call it a great rivalry, and we do hate the Packers, but right now it's been pretty one-sided. I feel like we have to win a few more games before we can call it a rivalry again. Um, but obviously the Bears are into a new regime, new head coach, new GM, hopefully a new mindset to eventually lead to uh, winning ways. Uh, going into the draft, everyone knew we needed offensive We needed offensive line help. We needed wide receivers. We need a lot. The team's bad, very bad, almost unwatchable. I 
didn't want to watch a ton of the Bears this year because I knew how bad we're going to be, so I focused on the red zone, uh, you know, fantasy football, seeing all the really good games. And because of that, I saw very little of the Bears because we were barely in the red zone. Um, you know, we have to see what we can get out of Justin Fields. Uh, his best wide receiver right now is Darnell Mooney. They have a good connection. But besides that, none of the other wide receivers are much to write home about. So we're all like, all right. And then he needs protection. He was sacked the most last year. So we're like, all right, get Justin Fields some line help. Get him, you know, a weapon. And obviously, you know, we traded away some players. We cut some players. So we have a lot of dead cap room this year. But next year, we're going to have a lot of free space. So it's like, all right, hopefully next year we can get in the free agent market. But this year, we got to make a move. And why the moves that, you know, Ryan Poles made were good. Kyler Gordon is going to be a really good quarterback. And Jaquan Brisker is a great safety. There were some people who had like first round grades on both these guys. So I'm excited for the Bears there. I just wanted an offensive weapon there. Eventually, they did take Velas Jones out of Tennessee. Um, I think he's going to be there to maybe replace Bird in the special teams game. Um, and, you know, that's an important part. You know, if you look at the great Bears teams, like we were great on all three facets. You know, look at that team that went to the Super Bowl, like Devin Hester was the biggest game changer. Um, but I look at Velas Jones, I look at his height, I look at his speed, and it kind of just reminds me of another Darnell Mooney. And as much as I love that we have two big speed threats, um, look at the Oakland Raiders for the mid-2000s. There's only so many guys that you could tell to run, you know, run a go route before the safeties are like, all right, we're just going to play pretty far back. Have fun. So, you know, Velas Jones might prove me wrong. He's also a little bit older. He's 25. Um, so, you know, hopefully that means he's like he'll come in with a veteran mindset. But I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the Bears draft. Um, they took Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah and a few, uh, you know, other offensive linemen. I have no idea how good they're going to be. So if I have to give him a grade, uh, once again, Poles was working without a first-round pick, so he's a little handicapped there, but I, maybe a C-plus. Honestly, I just I can't give him a higher pick than that. Hopefully I am wrong, and in the end, you know, they're, like, I, I, they're actually great, but right now that's just how I'm feeling. Uh, then on the other side, we have the Green Bay Packers and watching the Green Bay Packers this off season has been fascinating because, you know, they, they lost some pieces because of cap room, Devonte Adams demanded a trade. Aaron Rodgers came back, but now his number one wide receiver is gone. And then he lost another wide receiver, uh, to, you know, so it's kind of curious to see what they're going to be. So everyone was going first round Green Bay's got to take a wide receiver. Green Bay is like. Nope. And they took uh, Quay, uh, Quay Walker from Georgia, the linebacker. And they took Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle from Georgia. So first of all, obviously he's a Bears fan. I got a kick out of it online. I'm like, this is hilarious. Um, but both those picks are really good. As much as I want to be like, haha, you didn't draft a weapon for, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Like, if you didn't draft a weapon, those are two really damn good choices. <laughs> Uh, to replace it with. Um, from North Dakota State, they took Christian Watson, number 34. Some people did have a first-round grade on him, so we'll see how good he turns out to be. They also took a wide receiver out of Nevada and a wide receiver out of Nebraska. Um, so I think Green Bay is definitely – they definitely made some good strides in the draft. Uh, I think 
because of how close to the first round their wide receiver pick is, maybe it's a little bit more forgivable. They didn't take one, um, especially, you know, just because they had a first-round pick to work with. But at the same time, by the time it was their turn to pick, there had been a run on wide receivers because they were, they were kind of shit out of luck. There's nothing they could do. So for me, I'd probably give the Green Bay Packers like a B-plus, A-minus grade. It's a good grade. I think, you know, the Packers are, I think this year's uh, NFC North, just like most years, is a one-to-two team race. I think the Vikings can compete. Um, we'll see if they will. Uh, I think Detroit will be interesting. I think the Bears will be the punching bag of the division this year, sadly. Uh, but we just got to see how things are going to turn off. But yeah, I think the Packers had a solid draft. Um, but yeah, that's my draft recap. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We can kind of look back at this later and see like, hey, was he right or was he an idiot? Either one's going to be hilarious, so we'll kind of work with it. Uh, but join us next Thursday on another episode of Whatever Wando. We're going to get back into the routine, go back to the regular formula we're used to. And I don't mean that in a boring way. It's kind of like when you know Coca-Cola brought new Coke and everyone's like, that sucks. Well, we're bringing back original flavor Coke. We are bringing back a normal Whatever Wando episode. We are going to talk about the conspiracy theory around the Super Bowl between the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers and whether the halftime outage of power was actually planned by the NFL to give the 49ers a chance to come back in that game. See you guys next week.